lads. After that technical glitch, let's jump into episode 23 of the Racing Line podcast for season 2022. Going to talk a little bit of supercars tonight now. Um, season 2022 starts this weekend at um, Sydney Motorsport Park for the first round of the championship. We've got our, what is it, Sydney 500, is it? Yeah. This weekend, Sydney 500. Let's get into it. Uh, Joey, you've set the itinerary for this podcast and you've probably started with the most superficial of all topics, but you said, what do you think of the 2022 liveries? Yeah, all right, let's just go. Let's just, through. let's just, all right, let's to give it a little bit more direction. Let's go favorite livery, least favorite livery. And we can, how does that sound? Well, I would say my favorite livery is, I'm going to say Erebus this year, to be honest. I think those Boost Mobile Commodores look sick. Um, even though they're not my team, I think that um, between them and Grove Racing, I think both those teams look on the money. And I mean, I mean, it does nothing for team performance or mm. maybe not even anything for team morale. But I just think in general, they're probably the two most beautiful, I would say, mm. um, followed closely by my favourite team, Walkinshaw. So, Which one? The NTI one or the Optus one? I would, number one. The, I would lean to the NTI one, to be honest. Yeah, I think so I too. Like, I like the silver streak in it. But yeah. I think both both of them from the front look uh, look mint. Um, I have to give it to Percat purely because he wears a visor. Yeah, but you would. Yeah, you and your visors, honestly. It's stupid shit. If the cars are the same, you've got to go to the helmet. No, you don't. I think it's you do. Fine. It's fine, but um, but I do like the NTI one more. For, I just I don't know why. Just whatever reason. That, I do think that um, the majority of the cars this year do look really nice. Like there isn't many liveries that I'm like, oh, that's not. I think I think that's a bit of a mess. Like I think the only car that I think is a bit of a mess is Fullwood's car. Just looks it looks similar to last year's, but not as clean. And maybe I, I'm not really a fan of the subway colors, to be honest. I think they're a bit too bright. I would have liked to see it maybe on a black background. I don't mind the subway but, car, actually. I mean, I'm not Con- hating on it. Considering where, where they came from with Team Techno, like with the Techno cars last year, I think they've, uh, Premier have done a decent job. It can't be worse than that that, that highlighter colour, to be honest. So, yeah, I agree. Um, but like in general, I think that the, that the cars this, this year, um, they all are very uh, palatable. Like there's mm. no real eyesores. And I suppose that's the name of the game. Like you have to, you want to, give you know make a, a beautiful car to show off your sponsors mm. i mean the one that the one that released last night that seiko one the scott pie team 18 one i think it looks looks, looks awesome as well i mean i haven't seen those colors done that nicely for a little while red white and black so i mean it's be- they're a lot of beautiful cars what do you think my, my least favorite is pure is dick johnson purely because it's so exactly the same i'm with you uh, mate even you know, even like Monster, they don't change, but I still like it more than the Dick Johnson car. But I can, I'm starting to feel a bit like that with the Tickford Monster car as well. Um, did, you, did you see the ad that they made for his car? Yeah, I, I did. At least they, at least, <laughs> at least, at least they they play on that as part of their like. I don't know. I, I like that color scheme more than the the Dick Johnson one. But I, I thought that was a bit a bit of a I don't know waste of time. I think that my favorite car is the. Scott Pike car. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really, a really mint car. 
Um, I, like, I agree with what you said as well. Boost, boost mobile Erebus, looking looking fantastic. I actually am enjoying seeing a lot more two, um, two car staples with the same sponsor. That's good. I think that's yeah. that's nice to see, and even the new tradie colours. Even though it's not, I don't I don't want to say Tickford have the the best deliveries this year, but I like the fact that it's going to be very similar in colours to the the monster car. So at black. least there's at least there's some yeah black, white, and and green. So there's at least there's some level of symmetry between those two as well. But I don't know. And the other thing that I think is is awesome, and they haven't changed it, but I, I think it's a, a beautiful car is the um, Blanchard racing car. And I, probably, I think that, oh, very, very some slightly. Subtle, there's some subtle changing, yeah. Very slightly, but that car's just, you know, you know, epic anyway. So, um, all good for them. But yeah, apart from that, there's not a whole yeah, lot of change. There's only one car left that we're waiting for the reveal of, I think, now, eh? Just Who's Courtney? that, Macaulay? Oh, Courtney. Yeah, that's right, Courtney. We haven't seen anything of Courtney yet. What did, what did Macaulay have? Oh, he's got those, um, that, that black and yellow car, doesn't he? Yeah. For the first couple of rounds. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, like it's it's actually for supercars because they don't because they're always struggling oh, for sponsorship. One, one second, we forgot mm. to mention the Matstone racing cars because those trucker cars do. Oh, yes. The business man, they look yeah. the business. That's another two car livery stable now. Like that's what I like to see. I think for, for for supercars, but the fact that you've got a lot of teams that haven't changed sponsors is a good thing because it means that. There's a lot yeah. of teams that haven't changed sponsors and a lot of teams that have um, gained two car sponsors. Yeah. So like Penrite's back on two cars, Truck Assist has two cars. Boost is two cars. Boost is two cars. Vote, uh, obviously, Red Bull and and, Pen, and and Dick Johnson have two cars. The wall controls are, are as close as you can get to identical. Um, mm. So it's, it's like it's going to be very easy for teams to. Uh, fans identify which team you know it's quite good on quaaludes now especially <laughs> on the, say it again it sounds yeah. like you're on quaaludes because yeah. you're you went all, you went all slurry so i was Sorry. watching the wolf of wall street i was trying to, <laughs> i was thinking of something while i was trying to say something else no it was um, just like the the um this that stability just dropped out for me i think only tickford and bjr now don't have the the and then obviously the premier racing as well but even the Premier, their cars have got the same livery. They're just different colours. Like the design is exactly yeah, the same. They're very different colours. Yeah. Well, okay, I think that's enough of the superficials. Well, H, oh. H hasn't even said anything. Oh, sorry, yeah, H, yeah, shit, H. Uh, I'm to this for you as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Optus Walkinshaw is probably my favourite. Chassis. I love that one. And looking at the Bryce Fullwood car, the... the Midi's, Midi's on. You're a fan of that? I don't mind that oh, either, to be honest with you. I really like that one, yeah. It's really nice. I just think it is not as nice as last year's Midi, so I'm, I'm probably biased to it. And I thoroughly dislike the Dick Johnson racing cars. They're just boring. And they're Fords, so... <laughs> That's my two cents worth. Don't make, don't make no enemies. <laughs> have you found... Have, right. you, have, have you committed to a team for season 2022, Harry? Yeah, walking sure. Have you? Yeah, well, my favourite car growing up was the Walkinshaw VL, so I figured I'd just jump on that. And I used to be a HRT man, so... Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's not good yep. for competition, but anyway. Why, because Joey's Walkinshaw? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Our family's got a thing. That was, we, for whatever reason, we don't we don't cross-pollinate with, with sporting, any sporting teams, really. Like, we're always an independent entity for everything that we support. But that's all right. 
I'll tell you what, if if um Harry jumps onto the team this year, I'm happy for it. But if we do decide to win something big like a championship, I'll be you'll be I'll, you'll be spewing. I'll, I'll be I'll be livid. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> he's been waiting for bloody fifteen years. <laughs> no, I'm the lucky charm then. Yeah, fair enough, I suppose so. <laughs> Please, what I'll do you take think? It if you win. What do you think are some of the biggest talking points going into the season? I mean, obviously we've had a bit of a shake up with with teams. We spoke about well, we had a you know a big talk last week with um with James Shibberis about you know um Red Bull Racing, and there's obviously been quite a bit of a shake up there with um you know new management, same structures, but you know new people leading those structures. Um, you know, what are your biggest takeaways from? The pre, well, the off season really, and then you can even you know discuss silly season as well if you want to. I think I think one thing that I mean, and, and it's it's going to be like this until proven otherwise. I just think this is the first year in probably a decade where Triple uh, Eight haven't got the best driver lineup, and that's because they've got a rookie. But in if you think about it, until that uh, they've also got the best driver, but. Yeah, they've got the best drive, but, but I'm talking about in terms of a, as a team, like they've mm. always been able to run really intelligent strategy because they've always had two dogs in the fight. Mm. And until Brock gets up to speed, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage that. I mean, he could get up to speed straight away and we could all be wrong, but I've never seen a supercard rookie get be up to speed within a week or not even a year really to be honest it's a mm. it's a sort of a, a slow build and that's even with the best ones like when you Ken need Waters experience and even Chaz came through yeah you know yeah I, I, mean? I, I agree with that i don't like i don't think that there's going to be like i think that there's definitely going to be talent from um from feeney i mean that's i think that's pretty obvious he might do some if i think if he qualifies well there's a good chance that he'll perform well in the race but i also think that there's going to be you know peaks and valleys this season i mean Cam waters was you know, at the top of his game when he came into supercars and it took him a couple of years to find his feet. At first, we didn't even know if he was, if he could cut it in the, in the, in the, um, in the top grade. Uh, and then even with people like um, Will Brown, I mean, obviously he had, he's been, you know, super since he's come into the sport, uh, you know, a very touted, you know, driver in his own right. But again, um, there's going to be some level of inconsistency. And I think the, Probably the best thing for Brock Feeney is the fact that he's got the team around him that he does, um, that are uber professional. So that might mitigate some of the troughs being so low. Um, but I think it does open up the Constructors' Championship to potentially uh, another team taking that crown, particularly when you see what um, HRT, the HRT, what Walkinshaw have done with their lineup. Obviously, Dick Johnson have a, have a really good lineup. I think Tixford depends who they put with, with Waters. But I don't know if they Kisteki. Well, if that's the case, I don't know if they've got the lineup for that. Um, gee, I wish they would have put um, would have put Courtney there, really. But you know, I don't. I don't think they've got the driver lineup to do anything in the in the constructor. So it's probably going to be them three, really. Um, but yeah, look at Erebus. Yeah, and Erebus. I didn't say Erebus, but I think yeah, Erebus as well have have you know definitely got two horses in the race this year with with those young charges. Considering, considering that they've got a, a rookie in the second seat at Triple um, Eight, and Wing Cup taking over as team principal for the first time, do you think that'll affect their performance on track at all? I don't I think it's going to affect overall performance, but it's going to be interesting in terms of just 
um, like in terms of getting the cast set up and, and leaning on each other's setups just because you have got a rookie. I mean, it's, it's going to be much more beneficial for Brock than it is going to be for Shane Van Gisbergen because he's going to have a, uh, the best driver in the category to pretty much steal everything from. But in terms of when Shane needs a bit of a um, setup change or just to look over his shoulder, there's not going to be eight-time champion uh, win cup there. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be a bit of a difference for a team like that. Um, and I think so, they know that they're expecting that. I said this last week, and listen, it might be complete gibberish, but in the past, there have been instances where Triple Eight have, you know, when Roland Dane wasn't there, underperformed. There have been mistakes that aren't normally there, you know, et cetera. Now, I'm not, and they, they're, they're an uber professional outfit, and I don't expect them to fall off a cliff. But with you know his movement away and not being at the track anymore, it's, I think it's like anything. You know, there's always the. I mean, you can be professional and be doing your job, but then if you've got someone, a boss, a leader looking over you, you're going to be that much more switched on. So I want to see if the dynamic, you know, in the team changes at all, and also taking into consideration that there are changes to the team. Andrew Edwards has come in. They've lost quite a lot of talent over the last couple of years with Ludo, McPherson, um, Couchy. So there's a lot of, you know, of the brains trust of, uh, of Triple Eight that isn't going to be in that team anymore. So how long it takes for them to figure everything out is also going to be, you know, there's going to be some growing pains there. So, you know, I, I just want to see so. how they put all of those elements. Listen, when I say growing pains, I don't mean that they're going to be languishing, you know, in 15th place, but it might mean that it's going they're to be... not as consistent. Yeah, you know, Van Gisbergen might have a few off races and that might just be based on him and his new um, engineer, you know, figuring out the best course of action. It might be strategy things. It might be um, Win Cup making a few mistakes in in his role as well that kind of they have to learn from too. Like, I don't think it's going to be a seamless transition purely because they're triple eight. There's a lot of new people in a lot of new roles. There's a lot of new relationships. And I think that just, you know, it's going to take time for them to generate, you know, some you know, organic meshing, if that makes sense. There's going to be, there's going to be some clunky parts. Yeah, I can definitely see some of that happening, but I think, um, like in terms of when they've lost their talent over the last couple of years, they've never skipped a beat, even though they've they've lost Ludo, then they lost Grant, um, they've lost Couchy now. I mean, it's it's even with uh, Windcup coming in, he's not going to have the uh, uh, like a big impact on the race weekend. Like if they say lost uh, Dutton, who's still yeah. there, and he re- he really is like that that the focal gel. point of, of the team on race weekend. But, yeah, I but think, you know, I do, I do think there will be chances. Of, you know, it's, of you know, it is interesting. You know, it is interesting with what you've said there, but and I, I do agree with it to some extent. In all of those situations, previously when they lost Ludo, when they lost McPherson, they were always had the confidence to bring that next person coming up in, and they always had like, oh, this guy's ready to go. We'll plug him into that position, and they didn't really skip a beat. For the first time, they haven't. I don't know if they, it's not because they haven't felt comfortable with you know, the, with with who's you know still in the development phase, but for the first time they've outsourced someone. So that I just like I'm not saying that it's gonna 
make a huge difference. But it's interesting that in the past, they've been happy to promote people from within and they felt like they had the talent there to do so. But this is the first time where someone's left and like, okay, we need to go get someone to fix this probably situation right now. It's probably too important of a year for them to not have someone with experience in the role that, role that they're plugging. I mean, you, you, would, you would still expect the team run as well as Triple Eight is run to still make sure that they're hiring the best people for the job. Yeah, I get that. And I'm not saying, listen, again, I'm not saying that they're going to fall off the cliff. I'm, you know, I'm saying that out, realistically at worst for them, an unsuccessful season will be, you know, finishing second in the championship. And that might be, it might yeah, be more of a championship race or it's more of a championship battle. As far as third, to be honest. Maybe uh, that's, that's, that's probably good for the sport though. Really? It is yeah, good for it, the sport. It, it, it is, but I'm Until, saying like in terms of just the strength of other like, and I'm not here to toot war controls horn. Definitely sounds like it, brother. No, I'm not. Like, but I, like, not if do you it. About, if you think about it realistically, in terms of two car teams, who has got a stronger lineup than them this year? I mean, if if I mean Nick Nick Perkett hasn't had um probably the tools at his disposal to be yeah. as he's performed pretty well with less let's say that yeah so I'm, like he is he has been the number one driver at but at brad jones racing by a long shot but even so he's been the number one driver but he's also outperformed all his teammates you know exponentially he's, so yeah he's, he's a top he's, he's a top, a top driver yeah you know i'm not gonna lie, i agree with you i think if you were to stack them if you were to stack for example walkmanshaw against dick johnson i'd say that mosket Moster and de pasquale are probably Number pretty ones? similar. Pretty similar. I don't know. I don't. I probably might edge De Pasquale fractionally, um, just from a consistency point of view. But then, if you were to think about their second drivers, Chaz? fractionally, like I mean, I mean, with splitting hairs, okay. like let's okay, put them on okay, par. Okay. Let's for argument's okay. sake, we'll put them on par. But then, if you were to okay. look at their number twos, and you had Percat and and Will Davison, I think that um, Percat's got more consistency in him, or more better results in him than Davison. And then I think if you were to think about um, Red Bull Racing as well, you might you would put Van Gisbergen above Mostert, but they're still pretty close. But I think the, the distance between Feeney and and Perkett would be enough for them to definitely challenge for the for I'm the just, drivers' I'm looking, championship I'm there. At it in terms of just team points. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think they probably got the best pre-season lineup for if you were to predict who would get the most points in the season, I, I would agree with that. Okay. Definitely. And I'm excited yeah. about that. I'm excited to see, because I've always liked Nick Burke. I'm excited to see him finally get the chance to be in one of those, the the big teams. And I think it, him moving to walk and is good because it coincides with them definitely moving in an upwards to tra- trajectory. They still have a few tracks with that they struggle at, but I think, um, I think also race this week. I think also from their point of view, what they do get is someone who can help develop the car on the race weekend that they weren't getting with with forward. Um, so and I think that push Chaz. Yeah, exactly. So there's that obviously is, is what they need from Chaz um, as well. So you know, I think it's only going to be good things. And if if they are able to you know, do something, if they're able to act strong or perform strong this weekend at a track that they're not normally strong at, um, I think it bodes well for them for the whole season. One thing that's interesting is that Nick is actually very good at this track. 
Mm, that's true. He's, he's, he has always performed very well at Sydney Motorsport Park. Um, so I'm interested to see how he fares. In, I, I'm not expecting much this weekend, to be honest. He said, he said as much that the car is very different from how Brad Jones sets up their car. But his talent is undeniable, and I'm just happy to see him in a hopefully a, a seat now that if fingers crossed Walkershaw keep on their path, that he can actually challenge those top four positions week in, week out. Um, now, what are you thinking of about in terms of uh, Dick Johnson racing this year? Because we definitely saw Anton get a lot better at the sort of the second half of last year than he did at the start of the season. Mm, yeah, and he, I, he I was, performed... He performed awesome at Sydney Motorsport Park last year. Yeah, he might, he if, might, if he I'm... might blitz it again this year. I think this yeah. weekend. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna move go up again another level. Um, I don't know if there's that much. I think for him, he's he. I think we've, we're seeing kind of his peak, but there's still a lot of drops in between. Because when he's on song, he's fantastic. But then there's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of. I mean, he had a, a bit of bad luck last year as well. But then even some of his starts weren't so good. Um, during over the course of the season, but I think we're just going to see a more consistent deeper squally, which is good. Uh, I think the team is definitely, you know, like uber professional as well. So for him, you know, that kind of works with him having a really strong season. Um, but I think just Davison, I don't think he's going to be an issue, but he's obviously going to be the weak link in relation to them pushing he for was, a championship. He was very good last year, though. He was, but then he's also. Very good last year. I think he he's really good when the car's good, but he doesn't. Like he's obviously his age is well. He doesn't have the same when the car isn't in its you know maximum performance window. He doesn't have the same um, output from it that, that a younger driver might have. But I you know I think one thing that you he's know a good balance. Davis, he'll always bring the car home pretty much. Yeah. Like he's going to bring home whatever points are available to him, yeah. which is important for a championship push. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that's probably one place where the Erebus, Erebus boys will probably struggle this year. Not struggle, but it's probably going to be the, the, the place of most concern is just to eradicate the, you know, the, the, the silly bugger kind of things, like the things that you can control. Silly buggers. Um, because I think they really, have a, they really have a good chance of moving up the grid again because I did not expect what we saw from them last year as a as a group of rookies. You know, and, um, in, in their defense, they were rookies last year and there was a level of uh, freedom that they probably had. I mean, there wasn't much expected of, from them, really. I mean, people thought that Erebus were going to fall off the face of the earth after losing um, Reynolds and, and Dee Pasquale and they brought these two young guns in and they were I phenomenal. Suppose, and there was I a level of... Fri- they, there was a level of freedom that they had to perform and, you know, kind of just throw caution to the wind. And I think sometimes it worked in their benefit. Sometimes, particularly with Kostecki, he made some mistakes. If they're able now with that year's worth of experience, that year's worth of, 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 of knowledge bank that they have, if they're, particularly Kostecki, if he's able to just rein it in a little bit, just to become a little bit less erratic, well, I think that team is going to do really well because they definitely have the speed. If they're able to get on top of, you know, developing a more consistent car for all tracks, um, that that team, they're gonna be they're gonna be up there. They are really gonna they're really gonna surprise some people this year, I think. I think one thing as well that in hindsight we think of it when Brown came in last year, he was a rookie, but he had so much 
actual supercars um, experience experience just from his, how many like his two years of co-driver roles um, that it, even though it's not you know the main game in terms of like every week um, he still probably was at a level much higher than how Brock Feeney is coming in. He's, he's much more on the same level as how you, yeah. how you see um, Randall. Randall coming in this year. Like they've sort of had that same kind of path. So that's going to be, in, that's going to be interesting to see what Randall can do, which will be a good way to segment into the, your next, the next before, question. Before we, yeah. before you go into Tickford, Harry, what's your, what's your, what's your rookie question? This might be interesting. Just from someone who's come back to supercars, but with, I just, I kind of want to know what impact do you think this season, like going to Gen 3 next year is going to have on this season? Do you know what I mean? Like what, yeah. is that going to impact what happens this year? Not a whole lot. I don't think so because it's not like no? Formula One. I mean, they're going to, okay. with the Gen 3 push, they're going to be essentially just buying the car and going testing and then racing next year or something. Really, what I do think is that there's a lot of teams that are actually going to try to maximize um, this package because it's obviously okay. the last year of using it. Yep. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's what I think personally. I don't think it's going to change think, a whole lot. Yep. I think one thing that's going to be interesting is that this year, we're probably going to see t- cars that were good at certain tracks be the faster cars when they get there on Friday. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if, if, if like, so we're talking about uh, Sydney Motorsport Park this week. Teams like Tickford and Walkinshaw can rock up with a more competitive package than how they were rocking up last year. Like that's yeah. going to be important because in in terms of the championship hunt, like you can't waste a weekend. It's going to be interesting because we know that Dick Johnson had an awesome package there last year. We know that Red Bull and Erebus all had really good packages last year. I'm going to be interested to see if that actually correlates now because it was only, what, three months ago. So um, even though it's a different season, like a lot of these things are going to um, carry on from last year, I, f- I feel, especially where the driver lineups haven't changed. I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm super confident in, um, that I'm super confident in Tickford fixing their their woes by the, by the time they come racing this weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, if I'm being frank. Why's that? Um, I don't know. I just don't think there's been enough time. Like obviously they can go back and, and they can um, kind of analyze the situation. But apart from the rain last year, they, they weren't really anywhere. I'd like to see them um, develop a little bit more. I think um, they might be able to take something from their relationship with um, Blanchard Racing, you know, in relation to setup. But apart from that, I don't know. The other thing with Tickford is... Different engines now. Yeah, he is now. I don't know if they could have got something last year if there was any kind of collusion that was going on there last year, but I don't know. The thing for Tickford that's going to be really interesting this year is that um, I don't know. I think Courtney's kind of on his on his last legs, and he's he's kind of I don't think he's got it in him anymore to kind of push at the front regularly. Um, they've got Randall, who's really young, um, relatively inexperienced, but I think he's definitely got the talent. To um to push up there probably he's probably a year away from that still, but I think it's interesting to see what happens with their driver lineups. I'd probably personally be more, you know, as a tick for fan, I'd probably want to see um, Waters and Randall um, lining up together um, as you know a garage for the constructors championship as opposed to Kostecki and and Waters. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure how they're going to be splitting up that four-car operation right now, to be honest with you. I think Randall has shown just through his, you know, outings that he's had that, you know, with relatively limited experience, he can still put out some really good results. And I think it won't take him too long to find his feet. Um, Kostecki, even though he has had experience, albeit in a pretty underperforming team, um, I just don't know if he's got the maturity yet. So there's, there's a bit of interest there There'll for me personally. There won't be any pressure, but I think there's always going to be pressure because he's all of a sudden driving for a team that has expectation. Um, and, you know, he's going to have to perform and he's also going to be coming up against two other young drivers that will perform. And if he doesn't, then he's going to get caught out. So I think there's, um, there is definitely, you can say there's no pressure. There is definitely pressure on him um, to perform this year. Um, I suppose if the likes of Zach Best coming through as well, who if he has a probably good year and Super 2 might be pushing for a seat next year as well. Yeah, I, I don't I personally don't know if, I feel like when I look at Zach Best and when I watch the Super 2 races, I think he's a bit more of like a Gary Jacobson who was good in a Tickford Super 2 car, but I wouldn't say that he's a prodigy for, for supercars itself. So I don't know about that. Um, but there is definitely pressure for Kostecki to try to... Um, you know, go with the big boys. Um, so we'll see what happens there with Tickford. What was the next question, lad? Well, the other thing, I'm just pulling it up now. The next thing you were saying was, what do you yeah, think thanks. of the new teams, particularly Grove and Premier? Well, I think um, I'll leave, I'm not even, I'm not even going to throw Matt Stone in this because I've got a totally new driver lineup as well. Mm. Um Grove is going to be interesting predicament. I, I feel like they've got a, a really good driver lineup, and um, they've probably got they've got a lot of good people in good places, but I can't see them making much of a step in because I haven't really heard them change much of like the actual like way their cars are still Kelly cars, right? Mm. So I they can't will, see yeah. them, I can't see them going. Um, making like much of a step if they're keeping ma mainly the same people. And I don't know why they'd want to invest too much with next year coming around the corner kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, they do have Couchy. Yeah, they do have Couchy. That's a big, that, that, I think that's a big coup. But do you think it's a bit of a learning curve for him as well this year going to a totally different car, totally different engine, totally it, different it, drivers? It definitely, it definitely will be. I don't think, though, that um, – let me say it like this. I think that um, Kelly Kelly Racing obviously um, had some struggles last year. I don't think it was you – know, only they weren't not, definitely not the only Ford team that did have struggles. But I think the fact that you saw Grove with Kelly Racing all of last year – and when I say Grove, I mean like the Grove component of Grove Racing. I think the fact that you saw them with the team all of last year – means that the, tr the transition should be pretty seamless, um, particularly if they've got a lot of the same staff. Um, I mean, that obviously well, makes one, one less thing. To, and I think the biggest thing for Kelly Racing is their driver lineup. And that's, I think that's really their biggest asset. Um, so I don't, I don't expect them to be challenging for the championship, but I think that they're definitely a team that you would straight away put at the level of, you know, Erebus and Team 18. And and Brad Jones Racing, that are all well, going think, for that for that second S, like the second tier. 
top of the second I'd, tier. I'd put them probably above Brad Drain Racing, to be honest. But I do think that, well, number one, just touching what you're saying, probably the biggest plus for them is that that, that um, the Kelly engineering side of Kelly Racing is still doing all the manufacturing for them this year. So they'll definitely have a little bit of Todd Kelly um, knowledge in that, like on the phone and, and stuff like that for them. Um, Did you hear that Walkinshaw uh, have struck up a partnership yeah. with Kelly Racing and they're going to be doing their engines this year? Not their engines. They're, yeah, they're going to be tuning their engines. Servicing. Right. Servicing and yes, tuning. Yes. I mean, I think they, they summed it up best. Like any money that they can make to reinvest in the business is good money for them. Um, I agree. I mean, I had a few other, I had a few other like thoughts flutter through my head as well. To be honest, when I heard that, which um, maybe I'll share, I'll I'll share it because I'm I'm a conspiracist theorist. It's a safe space, mate. It's a safe space. I'm thinking, who knows? This might be the start of something, and then in a couple months, Walkinshaw say we're bringing in new a new um, manufacturer, and we have. one customer in, in Grove Racing. I mean, that's where my I, brain went straight away. I thought I thought um, that too. I thought that and too. I, thought, I think that could be juicy. I'm not going to think about it too much though because it's a big... Look, a, look at Andretti making waves in, or across the world in motorsport. Not, I, I think I, I think, think that's Walkinshaw, to be honest with I you. I think it's Ryan. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely grown up a lot and it's, he's, um, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's done good the last couple of years, so... Give the man he's more than a, he's more than a DJ these days. Well, I think his his main thing is that he's 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 sort of charted his own path, a path that definitely his father could be proud of, but something that he's done on himself. You know what I mean? Mm. He's def, he's definitely steadied the ship, and then now he's sort of pu- sort of pushing into uncharted waters and making some waves. Um, and I wanted to touch on Matt Stone Racing because I do think this team has probably going to has probably got the biggest um, p- like pot- like potential for growth. Yeah, they've got team. ambition. They definitely are an ambitious team. It's not even just the ambition. It's, it's like the, the driver lineup I'm, I really like. I mean, I, um, I've i always rated Todd Hazelwood, but I think um, this year now, like in terms of like the team that they've put together, uh, and and the teammate he's got as a team, I think they can really grow. And I would like I would, I would de- and even like last year they def- they always had a few a few events that like they had a few glimpses of oh Kesteki was fast in qualifying. Goddard um, made a few top ten shootouts as well. Right. That's that's right. So growing on that better drivers this year, um, they've got a bit more investment from track assist. I would love to see them push forward. Especially because they're a bit of a legacy team. I've I've got a hypothetical as well. Like I, I think we've all got a soft spot for Matt Stone Racing because of obviously Stone Brothers and and that connection in the past. However, they needed the investment from Truck Assist. They got the investment from Truck Assist, but it also came with LeBrock as the caveat. However, if they had, if they had Hazelwood and Goddard, do you think that would have been a better lineup than what they've currently got? Can I tell you one thing that I, I'm, I'm I'm banking on this year with them? Is that yeah. both their both their drivers have when they came into the category were were the, were both like um, touted. Yeah, they were, they were both expected to do so much better than what they've done, mm. and that's probably 
a bit harsh to say, but they both, neither of them have have have. They both underperformed. Yeah, and I think in, when Hazelwood came in with Matt Stone Racing that year, he probably should have underperformed because they were definitely not the team that they are now. Mm. Um, but in the, but in general, just the results that he got at Brad Jones was he was he was he was close to Nick Perker on enough not on not enough situations. Like there was always times when he looked good, but not enough to um to sort of to warrant um, keeping keeping his seat really. That's right. So I'm, I'm banking that these two, and even the same with LeBrock, like he's um, he had a few good results at Tickford and he got that race win off, off a bit of um, smart tyre play, but um, he never reached the heights that he was touted to reach. So hopefully they can all, you know, do it together because mm. there's definitely one thing that they've got is experience. You know, they've got experience. They're not, they've got no, they've got nowhere to hide. now. now it's, this is probably, I could see this as both their last chance in supercars if they don't make it work. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. With that. I think the interesting thing for Hazelwood is I don't think he's a bad driver, but he's, he's I don't think he's good enough for someone to keep him if he's not bringing in money. Um, so he's, he's kind of... Not bringing in money. No, that's what I mean. That's why he wasn't obviously... I think he was, for example, I think he was better... He was the second best driver at Brad Jones Racing, but the fact that he didn't bring any money in made it easier for them to say, well, you're not giving us enough to, like, for example, Percat obviously wasn't bringing money in, but he was bringing, you know, really good exposure, really good performances. And what I don't think you could have, don't think you could have said the same for, for um, Hazelwood. You're saying if Fullwood's going to be two positions behind you, but bring in some money, we'll just take that. I, I, yeah, I do. That's okay. what I think. They were close enough. They were in the same pack, essentially, that you might as well take, you know, you might as well take the guy that's gonna gonna bring a bit of um, coin in as well. Um, well. Let's finish on this. What do you, let's let's have a few predictions for not the season, but just for the first round. So so, what do we think? Winner and biggest surprise for the first for the first race meet. Overall winner. I'm gonna say overall winner is gonna be Shane Van Gisbergen. I think biggest surprise is going to be that. Um, oh, I haven't thought of this one now. Can you give me a? I'll you give guys, you a minute. I'll give you give a minute. Us your, give us your winners while you're while I'm. Yeah, while you I'm go thinking. first, mate. Okay. Okay. I think my winner, overall winner, is going to be Anton Di Pasquale. But I think, and I don't know if this is a, a surprise anymore. I guess if, if he does it again, it would be still unexpected. I think um, Will Brown could get another win. In one he was of the that, races. Yeah, because he was that dominant last year as well. Just overall, like he was very consistent. Is that okay. a surprise? It's not, but there's enough cars for them, for it to be, it's still a decent It still would have be expected, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that's interesting is that we're probably going to have some rain again. <laughs> That, that is true. Special, that's good for Tickford. Thing. That's actually good yeah. for Tickford. I didn't think about that. What do you, They're not fast H? enough. But... Uh, look, going off last year's performance, I'd say Di Pasquale might have, might have a good weekend. Yeah. I'm going to also but say... Other than that, my... come on, walking short. Come on, walking short. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say for my surprise that I think that the... Percat will outscore Chaz. Oh, I like that. I like that. 
Can I give you one more? If it's wet, because yeah. it's wet, I'm going to say purely hypothetical, like just a hunch, not even a hunch, just a shot in the dark. Premier Racing score a top 15, which Dude. would be big for them. Yeah. Their first ever. First race in the wet, okay. top 15. Yeah, okay. Top 15. Why don't, say, why don't you say top 10? No, I don't think top 10. Oh, you know, let's go top 10. Why not? What the hell? Put it up on the why socials. Not? Let's go. Tag him in it. Tag him in it. H, let's see if we get any bites back from him. But um, that's what yep, I we'll think, do. You know, you know what the reality is? Regardless of these hypotheticals, regardless of the situations, we've got a new season of supercars right around the corner. We can't wait for it. Get on KO, get on Fox, whatever you got to do. Sit down this weekend, enjoy some epic racing. And it's, it's awesome to have supercars back and it's also awesome to have them back at the start of the season as opposed to having to wait five bloody months for them to kick off so i can't wait as as someone who who hasn't watched it for the last few years and got on board at the end of last year this is the most i've been looking forward to a supercar season in probably over 10 years so i'm I'm really keen this year i can't wait for us to have our next pod after it i think you're gonna have so much juicy stuff to dissect by the end of by the end of the weekend yeah, juicy. I love it. We're going to have some ribeye conversations. Do, do, do you believe that from the deepest recesses of your soul? <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it, boys. I do. I do. Are you the juicy supercar. No, I don't think you should. And I think we'll leave the juicy supercar, supercars podcast there. Season, I think our off season is pretty much done now. We've got some racing to start talking about. So, boys. Thanks for the last few episodes. Thanks for our off-season, our season of off-season. Um, but, you know, there's nothing better to talk about than, than real things oh, and real racing as opposed Michael to hypotheticals. Michael just messaging me asking if, he want, if, we, if we're going to start the pod. Too late, he's missed it. At 10.16. I'm jumping off, boys. I've got to, I've got to go to the bathroom. So, Manly, great night. Thanks for some good chats tonight. And, again, thanks for listening, everybody that's listening. Please. Stay in tune with the socials, keep spreading the word, and 2022 looks to be a bigger and better year than 2021. So have a great night, gents. Thanks, boys. See See you guys. guys.